Welcome to Gamer's Ledge Podcast, the weekly podcast about video games with news, reviews, analysis, and opinion. Keeping you up to date on how to wisely spend your money for video games, movies, RPGs, comics, books, and more for over 16 years. Find us online at gamersledge.com. And now, your hosts. Hello and welcome to Gamer's Ledge Podcast. Gamer's Ledge Podcast is a free podcast bringing you timely news about something we, and we think you, are passionate about, the video game industry. If you'd like to support us so we can keep making podcasts, please visit the website at www.gamersledge.com where you can read more stories, leave comments on what you like and what you'd like to see changed, ask questions for future episodes, or suggest video reviews you'd like to see posted. Uh, I am Balth, and with us this week, we've got Neo Sapien. Howdy. And, of course, a newcomer. Uh, trial Access, unfortunately, died in a car crash this last week, so he'll never be heard from again. <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of kidding. He just couldn't make it. He's moving. So, you know, um, I'm sure he'll be happy to hear this. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, uh, joining us is actually Burgundy. Good morning. Good morning. And, uh, well, let's start with, uh, what we always start with, and that is, what have you guys been playing? Neo, how about you? Uh, well, I did finish off, uh, Sly Cooper and the Thievius Raccoonus. Uh, I also platinumed it, so that was a good, good thing to get through. Um. How many plats is that for you? Five. Wow. Nice. So, and I, I haven't gotten through Walking Dead yet, which is like a gimme platinum, so I'll be doing that probably this week. Uh, so yeah, that's the other thing I, I, I finished we, uh, when it was on sale, what was that two weeks ago, picked up the rest of the walking dead. So I'll be uh, getting, digging into that. Uh, I've been playing uh, Sly Cooper two as well, but oddly enough, I'm not having as much fun with it as I'm with the original. Um, the original had issues, uh, that pretty much all that early era PS2 3d camera stuff was having. Um, but I don't know, there's, there's something there's something different. Well, there's a lot of things different about two and a lot of it's good, but there's just something not quite clicking yet. And maybe it's just me and it's not the game, but there's something that's not clicking anyway, total segue. Um, and also I've kind of, uh, put Bioshock two on the shelf. Don't know if I'll get back to it or not. Uh, I kind of just got to another one of those points where you completely run out of ammo. You have no money and you've got a gajillion things trying to kill you. And I just said to heck with it. Um, and then also lastly, I've been playing, uh, plants versus zombies when I need a little, uh, little something to play on the Vita. And, uh, this is my first time playing the game, this, this version on the Vita. So the only thing I don't like about it <clears throat> is I found out you can't, or at least I haven't been able to find a way to, you can't go back and like replay earlier levels. So like I wanted to, to let my daughter try to play it because she's getting more into gaming now and I couldn't go back to level one which was really frustrating to me. So, Can I ask a dumb question? As long as you don't mind an incredibly unintelligent answer. Why didn't you just boot up on her profile and start the game there? That would have started uh, you at level one. Because the Vita only allows you to have one profile, and that's one of the few sucky things about it. Really? I thought you could have multiple profiles. Mm -mm. Mm. This is me shaking my head. You can't hear it on the internet. Hmm. I... <clears throat> I think we're going to have to have a throwdown on that because I think there is a way that you can do multiple profiles. Uh, I 
the way I remember you, you'd basically have to wipe out the profile that's on there, stick in a clean memory card and start it up with a new profile. And then every time you wanted to switch profiles, you'd have to do that. Oh, that's kind of the only way I remember. Yeah, that sounds about right. But yeah, that's, that's akin to what I was recalling, but I didn't realize you had to completely wipe out the profile. All right. You win this round. Ha ha. Uh, well, what are you so verdict on plants versus zombies? Do you are you enjoying it? I'm digging it. Yeah, it's, I can see why it's fun. Um, I I have to watch myself. I would probably you know start at like eleven o'clock and play till three. So uh, I def and that's uh, p.m. to a.m. So I do have to watch myself and and pretty strictly regulate it. But uh, it's not terribly difficult at the beginning. I've only lost one level so far that I've had to redo. Um, but overall, it's really fun. Uh, it's you know it requires a little strategery, but uh, nothing that makes my brain hurt. It's not like a, a you know uh, uh, what am I thinking? Final Fantasy Tactics or something of that ilk. Uh, but it is a tower defense game, but it's it's really basic. You know, there's not multiple paths you got to worry about and stuff. So it's uh it's pretty fun. Awesome. Well, I've been uh, playing Walking Dead for video review, um, which I have all my footage captured now I just need to and I've written the review out just need to actually spend the time to do it Uh, work's been a little killer so I haven't had time to post it yet Uh, also on a uh, request from the missus downloaded Skullgirls and I'll be doing that as my next video review after uh, Walking Dead if you're not familiar with Skullgirls it's a basically an independent uh, fighting game that's all been hand drawn by a comic book artist Uh, it's really beautiful uh, actually really balanced, a lot of fun, um, but the AI is a little bit uh, aggressive, would be the best way to say it. <laughs> um, although they do have a sleepwalker mode, which you can beat if you're just, you know, starting out in the fighting games. You can It's hard, but you can beat it. Um, but actually, I've been having a lot of fun with that. Um, and then, of course, been playing Borderlands 3 and somehow magically got 10 golden keys which I'm not sure how that happened, but I'm not complaining. How are you playing Borderlands 3? Time Machine? Yes. Did you get a TARDIS and not tell me? I did. Um, no, actually, it's Borderlands 2, but I just <laughs> I like it so much, I just think it's the next iteration all the time. Um, yeah, it's Borderlands 2, but uh, still having a good time with that. Um, and I've been eyeballing Spec Ops The Line since I downloaded it last week, but I have not booted it yet. So I played the, the intro last night it's not bad i've heard it's really good and since and it was the free main character sounds like it's nathan or not nathan fillion it sounds like uh the guy that does nate uh, nathan drake and i don't know if it is him or not but it sounds a lot like him well since he voices every video game ever well pretty much yeah yeah so yeah the odds are pretty good yeah they, yeah it's <laughs> probably him um but yeah uh so that's something i'd like to try and get to this next week but i'm not 100 percent sure i'm going to be able to but um and since we have a newcomer on the podcast, uh, Burgundy, why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself and what you've been playing this week? Sure. Um, hi, my name's Burgundy. I have been a very long-time gamer. I've uh, started with the original Pong machine over a neighbor's house, Atari 2600, and just worked my way up from there. So, I mean, I've been playing things for years. Sometimes I get to the point where, you know, you get a little bored of certain things, so you start getting into that, like, esoteric kind of gamerish kind of thing, looking for, like, some kind of new high. So you get into stuff like Journey, and you really love that. Um, but for the most part, you know, I play pretty much anything. Um, 
Yeah, I uh, really love portable game systems, so I love my Vita a lot. To you know, play that a lot. Mainly play the PS3, but I do have an Xbox 360. Um, also have the DS, the 3DS. You know, still play everything pretty regularly. I mean, hell, I even play my Game Boy Micro still. So, you know, we we love the portables. <laughs> awesome. Um, lately, I've been playing. Uh, this week, uh, God of War Ascension came out. Really big fan of the series. I've uh, been a fan since the first game. Um, probably my easily my favorite stress relief game because you just whoop up on everybody. <laughs> it's just such a great game for that. Um, it's just a lot of fun. Really simple and straightforward. They always tend to look great. They always tend to play great. So you just really can't go wrong with them. And uh, I'm also still playing some Plants for Zombies on the Vita. Um, cleaning up a lot of the mini games I made through the uh, the main the main gameplay already through that. Um, I, I'm messing with that Zen Garden on there. I'm really embarrassed to say it, but I'm playing <laughs> that. <laughs> like I'm actually playing it. <laughs> um, you unlock different plants when you're going through all the mini games and going through all the survival modes, and you grow them, you sell them off. You yeah, it just I, I hate addictive stuff like that. I feel like such a poser even falling into it but PopCap makes it addictive and and I'm in it so what can I do awesome well uh, let's jump straight into the news for this week and starting off looks like our top story uh, the Vita has managed to top Japanese hardware charts after discounting the Vita to the equivalent of $200 uh, combined with the launch of Soul Sacrifice, Vita actually managed to sell 63,000 units last week, ahead of 3DS's 61,000 units, and the Wii U's abysmal 9,000 units. I'm a little worried there for the Wii U. Uh, Soul Sacrifice, as an interesting sidebar, took the number 2 and number 10 spots in the software charts last week in Japan, uh, number two for the game itself, and number ten as a double pack, uh, which there's been no confirmation of whether that's actually going to appear in the United States. I'm hoping it is. There's a lot of uh, uh, multiplayer emphasis on Soul Sacrifice, and so they're doing a double pack, uh, which actually, if you do the equivalent math, basically you're paying 40 bucks for two copies which is pretty amazing. The game sells at 30 bucks, So it, if they do something like that here, I, I'd be pretty interested. But that double pack took the number 10 spot. So if you combine the two together, uh, a Vita game actually outsold the number one PS3 game last week, uh, which is pretty impressive for a handheld that everyone was kind of wondering if it was going to keep surviving. What What is Soul Sacrifice? I, I don't think I've been tracking on that one. Uh Inafune's new game, um, it's it's kind of a, from the rundown that I've seen in Famitsu, I believe it's basically a really tricked out Monster Hunter, uh, like okay. a, a mature, it's almost like Demon Souls meets Monster Hunter, hmm. which I'm all for that. So they, I don't think it's got a release date here yet. I want to say it's going to be Q2 or Q3. But they, I don't think they've released a solid, uh, announced a solid release date for it yet. Do you know Burgundy? 
Um, no, I don't know. So I don't know if they're going to actually do that in the U.S. Um, those games are just so insanely popular in Japan and work so well just in their culture. Um, just basically because their internet access is just you know prevalent everywhere. So when they get on these systems, they're able to play you know online pretty much everywhere they go, and they love like those Monster Hunter games. I mean, those are system sellers and a half out there. So when they get something like that that catches on, your hardware moves. And I know I just saw today that uh, the th- uh, the 3G version, I believe it was, of the Vita in North America is getting a $50 price cut only on the Sony store, I believe. I, I'm not having any luck finding the article right off the top of my head. I heard retail outlets, select ones, were getting the cut price cut as well as part of a quote-unquote limited time offer. Um, but if you ask me, I think they're trying to move the stock because they're discontinuing it. The 3G version specific. Correct. Yeah. Because I'm sure, because if you buy that at, I think, what is it, 200 bucks? Um, if you buy that, you have to sign up for AT&T service. Right. And I bet there's a lot of people balking at that. Yeah, there is no benefit to the Vita 3G system at all. You can't play online with it. You don't get enough bandwidth to do anything. You can't do any serious downloads over um, over the bandwidth they give you. I mean, it's 3G. You're not going to be downloading a gig and a half game over it. Oh, but it's... you can you can do near. <laughs> I've I've never used that. You know the the <laughs> the the thing about it is I actually really like the near application. For those of you listening who don't know what it is, it basically looks at uh, your surrounding area and finds other Vita owners and actually. Um, kind of gives you stats and, and shows you what they're playing but if you have a game that supports it you can actually get um, downloadable content that's exclusive to this near uh, thing like you might get a special costume or something like that the problem is any game I've ever cared about playing on the Vita doesn't support near <laughs> so there is that I've accidentally clicked into it a couple of times I'm like what is this get me out of here <laughs> abort but, abort I, I mean i think it's a good if you know if you're gonna be staying like for example you know when i'm traveling for work i'll actually take it with me and if i'm in the hotel at night and i got nothing to do i can actually ping it see who's around me what they're playing and send a friend invite and pair up and play with them so it's kind of a, a, a cool thing it helps you discover people that are playing but uh very limited functionality Uh, so, Bergs, you've got a story up next? I'm sure. Are we talking about the SimCity debacle? Oh, yes, we are. (laughs) The SimCity debacle. I cannot understand for the life of me why PC game makers just seem to hate their customers so much by loading up just insanely horrible DRM and internet requirements for a game that really should be able to be played offline. I don't understand what they're thinking is, um, but the game still seem to sell a lot, so I guess it doesn't really matter in the end. Um, I know they had a whole ton of issues, and people just left, and all of a sudden things started working a lot better. <laughs> so, so, I mean, maybe that's their thing. They just want a, a smaller customer base, and that's their way of going about it. I don't know. <laughs> but it just seems to be just a complete nightmare, and they don't seem to get it through their heads to stop treating your customers like criminals. The, uh, and I just... the best gif I saw 
this week was it was uh, connecting to SimCity servers, and it's just the loading screen that never stops. Yeah, <laughs> I saw that one too. You know, and and they, I mean, this is kind of a. It's such an odd thing. Okay, this, it's been ten years since the original game. The demand was out there. I don't think they did a beta that I can remember, an open beta, to actually see what kind of response they were going to get. They got nailed on their server side, mm-hmm. and so rather than fix it, they let people just say, oh, you know what, I'm just not going to mess with it. And yeah. and then, you know, I guess that is, like you said, that's a way to balance the server load, I suppose. <laughs> just wait for everybody <laughs> to give up. <laughs> now, is it, is it, does it force you to... Excuse me. Does it force you to log into the server? Is this one of those things you can't even play the single player mission? You just play by play by yourself, build your city, don't worry about other people. You still it's a DRM thing. Is that what the deal is? I've I've seen that something's going on, but I haven't really looked at it. Yes. It yes. requires you to be <laughs> always on. Yes. Yes, it's a... And we, we all know how much I love that model. You know, I, I have to say though. Even Steam does it. And it, for the most part, it's not a big deal. Some games will let you play offline with Steam, but, I mean, for the majority of games, I, I think you have to be logged in. I think that... Of, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. A, a lot of games do that, actually, even on PSN. And the PSN and the PSN network, I were logged in one time to play when... Remember they were having all their issues with their... When they were being hacked and all their connectivity issues and they were shutting down the service for a little bit? I loaded up uh, Final Fight. Mm-hmm. They just had Final Fight. Just wanted to play Final Fight. Nice little beat 'em up on the, you know, classic beat 'em up on there. It had the login to PSN in order to authenticate the game in order to let me play it. I nearly lost my mind. <laughs> and you know that that was actually Final Fight was the first game that if you shared the content with someone else, you both couldn't be logged into it at the same time. Really, they did that too. I mean, it doesn't surprise me. I mean, after that one, yeah, Neo Sapien and I found that one out the hard way. Nice, <laughs> yeah. But I sat there with a game I just could not. Come, I and I paid for it. Like I actually, it wasn't a freebie for me or anything. I paid for it, paid my ten dollars for it. Simply couldn't play it, and just because of you know they decided to shut off something on their server on their end, did not make any sense to me, and it just it made me lose my mind. Well, the worst part about the SimCity debacle, though, was that it wasn't just that people weren't able to log in. It's that people could log in, and they'd start building their city, and then they'd get booted from the server. And mm-hmm. when they finally got back in after all these connection issues, they totally had lost all their progress. <laughs> so <clears throat> EA mm. has come out and said that their, their server problems, quote-unquote, are almost behind them. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> as are their loyal customer base. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> We've gotten behind. rid of seventy uh, percent of our fan base for this game, so hopefully <laughs> the issues will be good next week. So, so who makes the uh, SimCity clone that will now be getting all the attention? That's yeah, uh, probably Activision. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the, I think uh, they've got a lot of work to do. And the the other thing I noticed uh, that I saw pop up in the news also regarding this was that um, <laughs> anybody who had purchased a digital copy could not and would not be issued a refund by EA. Wow, oh, that is awesome. I didn't see that one. Oh, yeah. They, they, they said that is not their policy. You will not be getting a refund. Uh, sorry about that. 
Wow. <laughs> Giant cojones is what they have over there. I was just trying to say, that is the biggest set of brass ones I've ever heard of. <laughs> that is amazing. I, I seriously wonder if there'll be like a class action lawsuit on that or something. Of course, there's a class action lawsuit for anything. Yeah, this is much. true, except anything that happens to me. <laughs> you don't want, I was in a class action lawsuit before I wound up getting 15 cents back. I, they sent me a check. <laughs> For 15 cents. I have had that exact same experience happen with me, too. Amazing. I'm like, you wasted more money on the paper and the ink. Yeah, than but the you postage. Three, I three made lawyers the postage made a million. Like... <laughs> yeah, the lawyers made out, I'm sure, but yes, exactly. <laughs> Neil, what have you got for us? Well, uh, in a little bit of news that goes back to my uh, dark ages as a computer gamer, uh, Trilobite has lured seven, the seventh guest three out of hiding. Uh, the seventh guest, for those of you who are not familiar with it, it, was a series. The two games in the series thus far were the seventh guest and the eleventh hour. They were the point-and-click style uh, adventure games set in a horror setting of a haunted mansion. And uh, I don't remember when Eleventh Hour came out, but what late nineties, ninety eight, ninety nine. Yeah. yeah. Um, so this is a this is a series that uh, was really big uh, back back in the late nineties. Uh, was kind of unique with the horror setting in the haunted mansion. Uh, well, you know what the big milestone for that game was, right? It was the very first CD based streaming game. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. And it had, you know, video of the people. They were, the ghosts were actually video of people that had been done up to look like ghosts. And... Uh, also, <laughs> I'm a nerd. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, yes. Just, yes. An, an old yeah. one at that. Yeah, well, we all are, <clears throat> so, you yeah. know. <clears throat> so anyway, uh, the game, it, it takes place in the same mansion, uh, magic, gay, uh, classic game style with puzzles and, and mysteries to solve. Uh, and uh, they're looking for potential funding sites right now, and if they can't find anything, guess what? They're going to launch a Kickstarter, which is what all the cool kids do these days. And, uh, and the game could be done in as little as 12, excuse me, 12 to 18 months uh, with some of the original development team actually working on the game. So I'll actually be looking forward to that. Uh, I, I, I don't get much gaming in on my uh, computer anymore, but I'll actually be looking forward to that because I, I enjoy the old uh, mouse-controlled point-and-click adventure games. So. Yeah, I actually, this game has a huge place in my heart. Um, I was so enamored with the soundtrack, which was composed by the Fat Man, that was his oh. actual. Oh yeah, that's and, right. Yep, and uh, I must have logged literally like a hundred hours on this game, playing it over and over again. Uh, the only thing, well, there's two things that I was thinking about as you were telling us about this. <clears throat> Number one, it should be the seventh guest too, because the eleventh hour was the sequel, <laughs> as we were discussing before the podcast. So that makes no sense to me whatsoever. Where seventh I, guest three? I'm two? guessing seventh guest three is a working title. It didn't say that anywhere, but I'm guessing it's it's a working title. Uh, and the other thing is, I, I think they have to do a Kickstarter because the publishing studio that did this was the one that sued Epic over the Unreal Engine and Lost. And I'm trying to remember their name, and I can't remember it. Um, but the, basically... Oh, uh, wait a minute. Um, oh, God. Uh, they were the ones that did that. Wasn't it that they did that Messiah game? Yes. And, and, and they, that was the one that tanked them? Yep. And oh. um, 
I'm sure I'll remember it in the middle of the night and shout, <sighs> scaring my fiance. Um, but yeah, they, they literally, I, I think their publisher is gone. Um, God, it's got something to do with knights. Silicon knights. Silicon, Silicon knights. knights. That's it. Thank there you. you go. I just pulled it up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we got there eventually. But yeah, Silicon Knights published the original. Um, so yeah, I think they, they'll have to do a Kickstarter or find another publisher. Um, but yeah, that's that's interesting to me in the extreme. Uh, although I wonder if they're saying it's PC, Mac, iOS, and Android. Uh, I wonder how, how it, you know involved it's really going to be. I'd well, like... they keep on telling me that my phone, the phone and tablet are going to replace my gaming systems. I have yet to see anything that's going to prove that's happening, but you know, maybe, maybe it's, maybe it can. So next up, who's next? I That'd am. Be you. I am. <laughs> Indeed. So, uh, we talked a little bit earlier about, uh, Nintendo and their, uh, problems moving Wii U units. They've had another problem this week. Uh, they lost a lawsuit in Japan to, a longtime Sony employee who uh, showed them his version of glassless 3D patent technology, which uh, then they got sued for using in the 3DS. Uh, <laughs> they've been ordered to pay $30.2 million in damages, and Nintendo said that they expect the verdict to be set aside and that the decision will not impact its sales uh, either in Japan or in the United States. Uh, I don't know how that's not going to impact their sales, but, you know, it could be tied up in arbitration and uh, the court system for quite some time. Wow. Yeah, that's uh, that's a pretty big deal, considering it's the core technology of your handheld that pretty much no one uses. Or do you, Berg? Burgundy? Oh, yeah, I do. Um, I actually have two different versions of the 3DS. Yeah, but that's not what I'm asking. Do oh. you actually use the 3D? Out or... of obligation, sometimes I do. Okay. <laughs> but I guarantee <laughs> I guarantee the next system will not have it in there. Right, that that's there, my thought. There's no point to it at all. Uh, um it's never once added anything actually to the game. Um except for headaches in some games. Yeah, and then my fiance can't play any game without it bringing her to a headache, so she turns mm -hmm. it off. I try it just for the novelty and it lasts about maybe 7 minutes and then I'm I just turn it off. That sounds about right. Yeah. The uh, I will say it is actually better on the XL. Uh, version of the system. Yes. Um, the the reports are true about that. For some reason, the bigger screen actually makes it a lot more tolerable. Well, that's what we have is the XL, and I still turn it off after seven. Oh minutes. wow! Yeah, it still does the headache thing for wow. Yeah, she gets the headache just by looking at it for a prolonged period of time. I don't blame her, but yeah. <laughs> Let's see. So the next one we have is you, Burgundy. Yeah, I actually, um, <laughs> when I was digging up some more information on that, I realized I'm an idiot because it is actually developed by the same studio. Um, of course, the you know the primary people, the primary directors always change on the God of War series. Basically, what I was talking about is it felt like God of War Ascension was made by a different developer. I thought they handed it off to a different studio after the last game, and it kind of became a subset. Um, but apparently, it is made by Santa Monica Studios. Um, and I'm a little shocked at that because there's a little, it feels a little bit not as polished as other God of War games. Um, then there's a decision to add multiplayer to it, which is odd. There's 
uh, damn it, there's snowboarding levels in the game, okay? <laughs> <laughs> like, <what? laughs> Well, so wait a minute, wait a minute. Are they snowboarding through the ash of his victims? No, nah, it's it's basically it goes into a like a little mini snowboarding style game where he's kind of sliding down like a like a a slide type of thing with his blade into the wall trying to guide his way through like ice and everything and it just it's so pointless. There's there's no reason for it. Um there's no fighting to be done in it. It's just like it's let's send him down the water slide and and go from there. And it just seems so out of place for a God of War game, but Hey, I guess they got to try different things. But um, I also noticed a couple. I noticed a weird bug <laughs> in my first playthrough through it, where I found a switch that was behind a, a, a gate, and I accidentally hit the R1 button when I saw the switch. And then I saw the switch I was supposed to hit, um, hit that. Then the gate went away, and I mean nothing bad happened in the game. I didn't get stuck or anything. But I'm a little bit worried about can something happen later in the game that's actually going to you know, prevent me from moving forward if I do something stupid. So it feels a little bit sloppier compared to the other ones. Um, but overall, like, it's it's still, like, you know, it's still a great game. I question why they put multiplayer in it because I really hate that, but that's just, you know, a topic for later. And, um, yeah, I kind of feel silly that Santa Monica did it because I really thought somebody else did, and then I just <laughs> looked it up, and, yeah, they did. So they must have uh, a whole new team on it because I don't think anybody from the other ones are really involved. <laughs> Well, I'm thinking, Neil, why don't you just chime in with the story you had later now so that we can discuss all this at once? Oh, the uh, the Ascension? Yes. Um, well, it, my, I was looking through and I, I noticed that and this is the first time I've ever seen anything like this happen. Um, and it doubly surprised me that it's with this game. But there's a, a minor controversy surrounding a trophy in God of War Ascension that is going to be uh, retconned via a patch. It is a, a silver trophy, and it's called uh, Bros Before Hose. Mm -hmm. And apparently this has offended, uh, there were some air quotes going on there, some people. And I'm thinking, you're playing God of War. You're offended? This doesn't make any sense to me. If, if you're the type of person who gets offended by that kind of stuff, you're not playing God of War. I mean, God of War is raunchy and vile and vulgar, but that's what it is. I mean, it's it's not like you go to a Michael Bay movie and expect a great plot. You don't play God of War and expect class. So let me get this straight. They had no issue with the boobies that were all over <laughs> the game, you know, and there were many. There were many <laughs> they had no problem with that. They had a problem with bros before hoes. Yes. Well, yes. I, I have a theory on this. Oh, dear. And, and I believe this is purely a timing issue. I believe that they, well, there's a couple things at work here. First of all, timing in the fact that right now, it seems like the uh, gaming industry has a magnifying glass on the treatment of women in the industry. Do you know what you do to get that trophy? Because I just got it today. You, you have you, <laughs> you you you're being rescued by someone else by another male character, and there's a fury that is um, well, it, minor spoiler, not really big, but you're fighting furies throughout the entire game. Right. FYI, spoiler. Um, I believe there's a fury that's dressed or that's like disguised as a normal human and the other guy saves you is that is that right 
you you basically brutalize the fury, and that's when you get the pro- the trophy. <laughs> <laughs> so you do it, or or the other guy does it. You do it. Oh, okay. <laughs> that's that's when I saw the trophy pop up. I mean, maybe the trigger was something before that that triggered it, but um, I it popped up for me after I actually did the brutalization. <laughs> now, see, what so, I want to know is, since you got it before the patch, will you keep it, or will no? It... Actually, I actually the pat the game patched. This morning when I went to play, oh. and I got it right after the patch. Oh. So it did say Bros Before Foes, and I thought that was kind of weird. Gotcha. <laughs> that's what they changed it Yeah, to. it's Bros Before Foes. <laughs> yes, that's what made it all better. Oh, dear Lord. It's God of War for Pete's sake. The thing that cracks me up, though, the most about this is that uh, Santa Monica Studios, is that trophy was written by a female. Nice. <laughs> And Santa Monica Studios is one of the most, um, the highest population of female employees, and it's it's helmed by a female CEO. So it's right. It's not like they didn't know they did this on purpose, and people are getting all up in arms about it. It's crazy to me. What are you doing? (laughs) Seriously. And you gotta I will wonder say, if, if I will the, say one thing, the game does have one of the best trophies I've ever seen there. It's got one that's just called Quaid with a bunch of exclamation points. And it's what I was thinking the whole time in the game when the thing was happening. And it was just wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know if you want me to spoiler it or anything. Oh, like no, that. no, we're spoiler free. Yeah, but there is this, this really awesome moment in the game where you get this one trophy and it just cracked me up so bad. It made it, you know, it, I got the special edition of it, made it all worth it right there, just in that one. <laughs> so I, I have to ask, God of War 3, God of War Ascension. God of War 3, I mean, I, I haven't finished, I haven't finished Ascension yet. Um, I've heard a few things about it. I'm at the point now where it's really starting to get, it's starting to get pretty awesome. And it's, it's doing one thing different, which is why I thought a completely different studio did it. God of War games traditionally throw some of the best stuff in the first couple levels of the game. Because the studio always knew that a lot of times gamers, you know, trail off. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you've played through the God of War game, sometimes the end of the game has been the, the worst part ever. Like, uh, was it the first or second game that had when you were actually fighting Ares and you had, you became a giant and you were fighting him with like a sword that you never used in the game before? Yeah, that was the second yeah, At the end of the first one. That's the end of the Is first it? one. That's the end, the end of the first, first one? one. Yeah. Okay. Oh, such an awful way to end the game. And it's just the studio just did that time and time again where this the end of the game really wasn't as good as the beginning of the game. In this one, it really starts to ramp up and it gets a lot better toward the end. And everybody, everybody's everybody been saying the second half of the game is so much better than the first. And as I'm playing it, um, I have to agree, which is it's a nice change of pace, obviously. <laughs> but the um, And that's why I thought like somebody completely different was at the helm of it because it just seems to be a very big um, design choice switch that they haven't done previously in the games well i have to say i really enjoyed god of war 3 uh i'm not the biggest kratos slash god of war fan um because i'm for the exact reason that you say you enjoyed it it's you know mindless repetition of killing everything that moves (laughs) and and that's a good thing at times for me Mm -hmm. but there's other times that that doesn't hold my attention uh, and so I, I've kind of had always had a love-hate relationship. God of War 3 was the first one that I picked up, and I actually burned through it almost in a complete playthrough, and I was like, this is by far the best 
of the series. So I, I actually, <laughs> my fiance uh, loves to dictate what game we're going to buy next. <laughs> and so we were going to buy Tomb Raider, and then I got the de- the demo for Ascension, and she looked at this and said, oh, no, this is what we're buying next. So it's on my radar, but I haven't picked it up yet, and I've been I've been really afraid that it's not as good as three. So the jury's still out there, um, but I'm I'm really enjoying it. Three was easily just one of the best games in the series. Obviously, um, I don't think you're going to be disappointed. Um, there's a lot more there's a there's a lot more gameplay tweaks that they're doing in it um, to do some interesting things as far as puzzles go. Um, so you might have a little more meat in there that you might enjoy. Awesome. Well, uh, Neil, you've got the next story. Yeah. So, uh, in, in a story that kind of makes me a little bit sad because why these guys weren't the first to do this, it really doesn't make any sense considering their dominance in the small toys and battling monsters, uh, area, but, Pokemon Rumble U or Pokemon Scramble U, as it's called in Japan, is uh, is an upcoming game, uh, and it's uh, a Pokemon, obviously, and it's uh, reportedly going to be copying the Skylanders hook and be using NFE or NFC, excuse me, uh, capabilities of the Wii U to read a line of figures that will be available for the game to uh, to bring them into the game. NFC uh, stands for Near Field Communication. Near Field Communications, basically. Which I didn't know it was in the Wii U, so that's interesting. Yeah, they, it's something that they keep saying, oh, we're going to be talking about that really soon. <laughs> it's in the pad, right? Uh, yes. Yeah, it's in the tablet pad. So uh, right now the uh, the price point for Pokemon Scramble U in Japan is about $20, and the figures are priced at about $2 a piece. Uh, right now, there's six standard toys and one special toy for a line for launch, and one of them, of course, is Pikachu. I'm assuming that will be the special one. And uh, it just really kind of blows my mind that, you know, my my kids had this little LED tiger style game that came with Pokemon figures that you slapped into it. They had metal connectors. It was nowhere near NFC, but. It was similar, you know, they had it, but it was on this little LED thing and the game really kind of sucked and, but it it would, so they had that, but you know, the fact that they weren't on the cutting edge of, hmm, can we mix collectible toys and collectible cards in a video game all at the same time? Yes, we can. Why don't we do that? No, let's just keep on putting the same game out. We'll change the name of some of the critters and call it a different continent and we're good. Is that what Iwata sounds like? I don't know, but that's what I sound like when I'm stroking my goatee. Hey, no, this is a family podcast. <laughs> oh, dear. You know, I, I have to say, I am I bought probably my next-to-last Skylander the other day. I found my fiancé went nuts, which is amazing, because, you know, I, I've always, uh, as... Uh, Neo Sapien knows, but you may not, Burgundy. I used to own a comic shop and, and gaming store. Oh, nice. And uh, I have long believed that the successful companies, uh, whether it be collectible gaming, collectible miniatures, etc., realize that there is an ingrained male trait of hunting and gathering. 
uh-huh. and fulfilling that uh, need via collecting them all, quote unquote, uh, or catching them all, or however you would like to say it, uh, has long been a thing. And the funny part is now I see games like Skylanders and uh, uh, the upcoming Disney Infinity and now Pokemon, they're all cashing in on this, but it's not just affecting guys. They're, it seems like females are also getting very much into this, and especially when you start looking at Disney Infinity is probably poised to blow Skylanders out of the water because mm-hmm. they have such a broader appeal base for pop culture than these little monsters that nobody's seen seen or knew about before Skylanders launched. But here you've got you know Cinderella, Snow White, uh, you've got all the movie franchises, and then eventually you'll have Marvel and Star Wars. And, mm-hmm. Oh my god, I'm 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 dreading July rolling around. <laughs> you know, parents are gonna hate Disney oh, so it, bad. <laughs> well, think think about it this way: think how scarce. Uh, Skylanders was the first Christmas it launched. Disney Infinity will be poised at that point to already be into their first and second expansion. Mm-hmm. And I think it's going to be next to impossible to find anything around that time. I don't. I don't know. I wonder if they're going to actually take a different approach to it, and instead of like, I, I, like I wonder what's the benefit of having scarcity in Disney's. You know, there's no real benefit to them for creating any kind of scarcity with their product with that. So I wonder if they're going to have like some kind of deal where they have like exclusive figures that, you know, through the Disney clubs and everything that you can get. Oh God, please kill me. Yeah. (laughs) That stuff. They're the ones that have the infrastructure for that. See, and and I agree with you. My only thought is uh, you have to think about it uh, in my opinion, from a business standpoint, Mm -hmm. they have, anticipated numbers based off of their market research. But I doubt they're going to like print three times that they're going to put the initial print out, see how well it sells Mm -hmm. and then tweak from there. And that's why Skylanders ran out at Christmas last year. Right. Because believe me, you, me, I'm sure Activision would have loved to pump out as many as they could, but they'd already exhausted their supply chain. And so I'm I'm thinking Disney is going to be a little more, aggressive with their initial supply base because who's not going to want Captain Jack Sparrow from, you know, Pirates of the Caribbean? Who's not going to want the Incredibles? You know, I can see a lot of potential for this and they're probably put the marketing dollars behind it so that everybody knows that it's here and it's coming and it's out and you should go buy it and you should be slaves to Disney because everyone is. Hey, as far as companies go, I actually love them for what they do because they tend to they at least know to put out a, pro- a quality product. No, I agree. I agree. So, I'm just I'm just joking. Because oh, yeah, they no. own everything now. Oh, yeah. They, <laughs> it's insane how much they own and it's insane, insane how much control they have. But hey, if they keep pumping out Marvel movies the way they do, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> and if they can make the Star Wars movies anywhere near that good, I'll be so happy I'll probably never get up again. Yeah, it's it's a good thing. <laughs> Well, since uh, you provided me with such an excellent segue there, let's talk a little bit more about something we don't normally talk about on the show, but I thought this would be a, a somewhat topical thing to, to talk about. Uh, it looks like, if you hadn't heard this rumor, 
that uh, after the Super Bowl, there was some inside scoops that said that uh, as Marvel continues on its big uh, expansion of all of its individual and collective group movies, that the next Incredible Hulk movie that was going to be solo would actually uh, start at the end of Avengers 2 with uh, Bruce Banner being launched into space to set up the Planet Hulk uh, storyline for his particular uh, solo movie just to have him return for Avengers 3 to play out the World War Hulk scenario. And I, of course, squeed when that was announced because that is one of the best uh, set of story arcs for the Hulk in all of eternity. Um, However, uh, it came out recently in an interview with Joss Whedon as he was promoting another... uh, of his movies that that was actually complete nonsense. I'm not supposed to comment on it, but no, that's nonsense was his quote. Um, this is the age of the, the denial, the public denial. No, we're not doing that. But most of the sources from what everybody can say is say that it is now not true. That's not what they're doing. So his future is up in the air. Will he even get a solo movie? Don't know. But, you know, considering they, contracted Ruffalo for six movies uh, following the Avengers. I doubt all of them will be guest appearances. <laughs> yeah, they uh, they can't waste the opportunity. The Hulk was so loved in Avengers, and they finally did him right on screen. There's no chance they're going to waste it. Um, as far as exactly what they're going to do, I'd love to see World War Hulk um, happen. Hell, I'd love to see integrated Hulk happen. That's, so, that's, that's, that's exactly where I was going, yes. That's the one I would actually want to see, and I really think that in the kind of um, Whedon-esque verse that they're kind of creating, I really think Integrated Hulk would just be an awesome story that come out of nowhere that people would really probably love. The, the only issue I see with it is that you can't do it in one movie. And the that, reason I say that is because you've got to introduce Doc Sampson. You've mm-hmm. got to introduce... Who was in the other, who was in the, uh, other movie. Yeah, but only glancingly. I mean, he wasn't, he hadn't, I don't even think he'd been infected by gamma radiation at that point. No, yeah, technically yeah. he was there and I got all excited about it. Yeah, well, I did too. I did like too. Super <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I think what you'd have to do is you'd have to do some setup with the Gray Hulk so that people understand who he is. And that, in and of itself, honestly, could be a full movie. Uh, True. You know, creating the, the mobster character and kind of, you know, getting that structure and foundation laid and then you do integrated Hulk. Oh for man, it. if they did a Mr. Fix-It Hulk movie. Yeah, oh that would be, it'd be the best because it, it would be completely <laughs> not what anyone's expecting. You know, they, that which is a gamble, you know, because that could fa- backfire on them. And that's why I'm not sure they're going to do it. Uh, but it would make it so interesting and ballsy for them to do. I mean, come on, they're doing a Guardians of the Galaxy movie. Why not? <laughs> Go for it. But see, the, the, there's one thing from the Avengers movie directly that I think plays into not doing it, and that is they've already made him integrated Hulk. Pretty much. That, they, they, I was you know, he's, getting to that point when you guys took a breath. He, he basically is, you know, they basically portrayed him as he's always angry. He can transform whenever he wants. When, which means basically he's integrated Hulk already. Granted, he's not nine foot. Well, he's eight foot tall, but he's not twelve feet tall. Yeah, and he's not articulate like Banner. Uh, but you know, what are you gonna do? He, I, I, I'm still waiting for the ultimate scene where he starts eating people. 
<laughs> Ripping um, Wolverine in half, um, among other things. Yes. Poor, poor Freddie Prince Jr. <laughs> <laughs> you can be on the show anytime you want. Just FYI, that that Thank just you. got you the right. Just for that. Yep. Uh, I would, I would love to see Planet Hulk. Uh, I was not a fan of World War Hulk, so I would want it to go down differently. Um, you know, maybe have him be accidentally sucked into the the dimension where Scar is, or something, instead of or Sakar. What was I forget what it was called? Um, rather than him being shot off into space. But um, I, I loved Planet Hulk. World War Hulk to me was a letdown after Planet Hulk. But um, yeah, I don't know. I, I I've given up trying to figure out what they're gonna do especially with Whedon behind the, the wheel. It's, yeah, I'm just going to wait, enjoy the ride, and go with it. Um, you know, eventually it'll fall apart. It has to. But so far there's no sign of that, so. Bite your tongue. <laughs> oh, ow, that hurts. <laughs> when has Whedon ever failed us? <laughs> well, no, Whedon won't fail us, but the studios will get sick of him and decide to air his episodes out of order. And then... No, 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 no. You think he's ever going to go back to Fox after that? Seriously. Uh, yeah. He does not have to go back. After sitting there, he's got how many billions of dollars of movie-making franchise under his belt now? He's, yeah. He's got it. You know, yeah. And he still has time to film Much Ado About Nothing over a weekend. Yes. <laughs> Whedon is my master now. I love that shirt. Yeah, me too. I, I have that one too. I haven't seen that yet. <laughs> Why are you my friend? <laughs> so you can pick on me. Oh, He's that's still... right. Good job. <laughs> Burgundy, you've got the next story? Uh, sure. Um, again, kind of circling back to God of War Ascension. Um, and it's kind of unfair because I haven't even tried it out. And I'm sure it's great and everybody loves it. But why do they put multiplayer in traditionally single-player games? Like, it just it drives me up a wall because it just all the time, anytime I see anything wrong with the game, I blame it on this is because they had to sandwich multiplayer into it. Like I, that bug I talked about earlier in, in God of War. You didn't really see too many bugs like that in the previous God of War games, but there's a bug in it now. And damn it, I just, I'm going to blame multiplayer for that. <laughs> Tomb Raider. <coughs> Tomb Raider. <laughs> exactly. Why? Why do they need to do that in Tomb Raider? It, it's so not necessary. Can't. I mean, maybe it's because I'm a solitary gamer, and maybe it's because I like to play at weird times when there's not a lot of people online or anything like that. Or maybe it's just because I don't like having my sexuality questioned by 11 year olds constantly. <laughs> but <laughs> you've joined the wrong podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just. I just. I feel it takes away from, I mean, games that have such a strong lineage in single player, just let them have it. They're so few and far between anymore. Just don't take that away from me. It's the only thing I have left in this world. And, you know, I, I have a theory, um, and I'm not sure I'm not the only one on this, but it, I think it's it's a fear of the, the reviews. I mean, I don't, does anybody actually go by game reviews anymore? I mean, does anybody actually give them any credence or pay any attention to them? I, not people like us but i imagine there must be low information consumers out there that do but i think there's a perception that if you don't have multiplayer in your game that's an automatic say 10 point deduction off your score 
because but, you didn't cater to that. Everybody has to be social all the time and want to do everything with everyone. My problem with it is I usually don't play the game until 12 months after everyone else has put it down. So, there, you know, it, it, the whole multiplayer thing is usually completely lost on me. See, I think it's, it's a, a completely different problem. I have no problem with them having multiplayer associated with the game. It's how they implement it that I have the problem with. You know, if you look at a case of, of Demon Souls or Dark Souls and the way they implemented multiplayer on that, genius. If you look at Mass Effect 3, which I really thought I was not going to like the multiplayer on that. But what they did is they basically did a, a standalone wave-based uh, survival shooter type scenario. And then that played into a specific stat in terms of the real game, the solo game. I thought that was a brilliant implementation of it in a way that didn't... You didn't have to play multiplayer, but if you did, you got a little bit of a, a bonus for doing so. And because they actually created the collectible card system in Mass Effect 3, of course, I spent way too much money on it. But, um, you know, Demon Souls and Dark Souls, yes, you can have multiplayer if you choose to. Uh, and But if you do, there's no way they're going to grief you uh, they're gonna. They're trying to help themselves by helping you. You can't talk to people. You can't invite specific people. I thought it was great. Journey is another example. Of I was that. just trying to say, Journey was the most brilliant use of multiplayer I've ever seen in my life. See, and you I, don't even know it's multiplayer. I mean, you, yeah. Uh -huh. and, and I think I think Demon Souls was the the template for that. I think they said, well, this is what they're doing. Can we figure out a, a similar way to do it? And I think that's what they did. I mean, I I absolutely love multiplayer on Journey. And again, you have no idea who you're pairing up with other than, you know, seeing their their name. That's it. You, you can't invite anybody. Um, mm -hmm. And I think that's that's I think the way they choose to implement it is horrible because, you know, t take Uncharted. You know, I love Uncharted single player, cannot stand the multiplayer. And what mm -hmm. does it get you? Nothing. It, it, it's there's no reason to do it. It's an extra thing tacked on, and I agree wholeheartedly. Those resources could have been spent, you know, either adding another level to the game or polishing or any of those things. I think it's how they implement it. That's that's the flawed e execution. But Not we have so to be Call of Duty. We have to be. We have to be. <laughs> See, that's what drives me nuts because every every time they sit there and do this for like, who is going to sit there and buy God of War and do like? months of multiplayer on it they're not they're gonna play it as an afterthought once they finish the game they'll play a little multiplayer for that first couple of weeks and then nobody's gonna play it they're gonna go back to call of duty they're gonna go back to halo but they're see you just you just hit the nail on the head you just hit the nail exactly on the head of why they do it and as much as i don't like it i know why and that is because they want to improve the longevity of you keeping the game in your hands Ugh. because if if we add multiplayer, then once people finish the single-player campaign, which they may do once, twice, three times for the, hard, for the hardcore, four times to beat it on the hardest difficulty, then they have multiplayer to keep them enthralled. They don't take it to GameStop. They don't resell it. And then the money goes out of our hands as somebody rebuys the game. That's the real reason they add it. It's just not a good reason. Yeah, it's a terrible reason. Give me more reasons to play. Like I mean, like I like, for instance, like you said, uh, the replayability of the game. One thing I always like about the God of War games, especially, and this one's doing it again, you find little trinkets throughout the world, you know, throughout the world, and they give you additional powers where you can do a new game plus. Mm -hmm. 
and you do a new game plus with it, and you have all this new equipment to play with, and all these new little powers, and you really can rampage through the game, you know, on your next playthrough. That's a lot of fun to do. That's a great little bonus at the end, you know, to have that new game plus. Give me that. Give me a really polished version of that. Give me new single player challenges. Give me things like that. I, you know, I don't I, tack on the multiplayer. I truly think this is the last uh, generation of console gaming that we will have to worry about this issue. Because once everything becomes digital download, then they won't be they won't be worrying about resale of the game at that point. And they won't focus on trying to extend gameplay superficially or unnaturally uh, by adding a multiplayer mode. Right, because they're going to be too worried about how come they don't have enough customers because people don't have the bandwidth or the caps you know, in place on their bandwidth to download all these games so well, they're not going to be buying games anymore. Yeah, but you know, when we get when we're looking out 7 to 10 years from now, I fully expect the infrastructure to be there at some point for most people. We'll see. <laughs> Steam Steam manages to, you know, prosper despite it. So, I don't know. I I agree with what you're saying, especially people like, you know, Neo Sapien who lives in the middle of nowhere and has no internet access. <laughs> Yes, I am doing this podcast by Carrier Pigeon. Oh, well, I thought you were using the the uh the cans with the string again. No, 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 somebody cut the string. I had to go back to my backup of Carrier Pigeons. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to get a big spool of Cat 5 and just drive over to his house, make a big long road trip someday. <laughs> so he can share a little bit of my just glorious amounts of bandwidth that I have. <laughs> well, um We've gotten to the point, it's actually that time already, where we uh, kind of share our, our final thoughts of the day and uh, um, talk about what we're looking forward to over the next week. Uh, Neo Sapien, why don't we start with you? Um, well, okay, first thing I wanted, well, well, first I wanted to uh, put a little plug out there for, for the site. Uh, we've been working on it, we've been improving it, uh, got spoiler tags, we got some pretty cool comment system out there now. Uh, looking for some folks to come out there and give us ideas. You know, we we need comments, we need critiques, we need ideas. Uh, you know, I know I've talked to some people who have listened to the podcast, and we've gotten I've gotten feedback that way. But uh, you know, some of those people who I don't directly know, or one of us doesn't directly know that are listening to the podcast, or even if we do, you know, get out there, you know, start a conversation, see if we can get something going. Um, I challenge any uh, Omega level listeners out there. If, you, if you're uh, if you got some time, it's it's discussed. It's the same comment system, same sign in. Just hop on over and and, and drop us a line. Um, second thing I wanted to bring up quick was uh, you, you've uh, heard us talk about Geek and Sundry uh, quite a bit on the podcast. Uh, and for anyone's first episode not familiar, it is a uh, I'm going to butcher this, but it's a YouTube channel is that what it's considered a channel a it's, group yeah uh, it's a youtube channel uh and it's uh felicia day is like she's the, i'm not the ceo but she's the producer producer there you go and it's got uh, other other personalities yeah they they're the studio that's behind uh the guild tabletop they now own on the table which is another tabletop gaming thing uh several different things anyway um they put out another initiative if you go to uh, geekandsundry.com, you can take check it out. It's called, um, of course, now I just absolutely lost my mind because I was talking about other things, Arcade Arms. And they've got a video on there of, uh, of making, uh, what is it, the Kratos Blades. 
So uh, making a real life, both making them in the game and making a replica in real life. And then uh, below that, there is a uh, contest where they're having uh, collector's edition, the God of War, Ascension, God of War Ascension, DLC codes for different stuff. And actually what probably would be more interested in some ways is uh, two signed by the entire cast seasons one through five DVD set of the guild. Uh, they've got two of those to give away. So, and we'll uh, have a of- link to the channel if you look in your uh, window on your uh, phone or other device that you're playing this podcast on. You should see the link right now. And yeah, so if you head over to, to geekandsundry.com and look up under the arcade arms section, there's a, a contest form down at the bottom. You get uh, different entries by doing different things. First, you have to give them your email and tell them what your gamer battle cry. Uh, someone who doesn't really do that during gaming I, I had to come up with something kind of interesting uh and then after that it unlocks a bunch of other there's 36 different ways for you to earn entries uh by using social media following things uh all kinds of different stuff and uh the contest ends in 12 days and 23 hours according to my phone at the moment so uh go ahead and check that out if you're interested uh you know and check out geek and sundry on on youtube and if I was smart, I would have just looked right here, and it has a whole list of the shows that they have, and I could have just rattled them off. But uh, it's, it's, it's some pretty good stuff on there. So I think that's my only thoughts for now. Well, I'll, I'll follow that up with my final thoughts of the week. Uh, you, uh, your gaming battle cry should probably be, God! Uh. <laughs> because uh, I, I've actually uh, spent uh, about the last two weeks... Uh, in a weird mood, sometimes I just feel like not playing video games. And I've been delving deep into YouTube-ville. Uh, and the Fine Brothers are a, a, a great um, channel that uh, they usually do interviews with uh, elderly folks or kids regarding memes or viral videos or uh, certain cultural phenomenon. Like, for example, on the site not too long ago, uh, we posted a Japanese pop singer who's uh, causing quite the sensation in Japan. She's almost like the female Psy uh, with Gangnam Style, uh, her version of it. And it's, uh, it's, been, it's gotten her very, very popular very, very quickly in Japan. Um, anyways, they interview kids about what they think about, you know, after watching it and that type of stuff. But one of the things that they just started was a new animated series called Emo Dad, uh, and I always like to tease Neo Sapien that he is the most emo person that I know. And so as I watched it, I completely thought of him uh, in 10 years. That would be his life. And so I wanted to, uh, you should see the link to it right now in the window for the podcast. Uh, we'll link out to it, but I recommend that you take a look. It's pretty pretty humorous. And uh, other than that, uh, that, that's what I'm looking forward to. I'm looking forward to uh, finishing up some video reviews. I've got a lot of work and travel for work this next week. Uh, so things might trickle up to the site slowly, but we're trying to get it all done and get it up there for you. Do uh, give us a holler and let us know what you think. Burgundy? Uh, basically, my thoughts this week, whenever a God of War game is released, I like to think about how wonderful it is to play a game for stress relief. Um, God of War is just one of those games that they always seem to come out at just the right time, too, when life is just really getting to you, and uh, one of them comes out, and it's just like, ah, you just feel so much better. It's like going to the shooting range. It's just a wonderful feeling. I was just curious about, like, um, like one of my go-to games for that, like, of all time, was Streets of Rage 2. Mm-hmm. I still regularly play that game. 
um, just because it's just a fun beat em up and then it's just such a great, you know, quick play to go through with that. And I was just kind of wondering, like, what other people thought of, like, what, what games today, what are their go-to games for stress relief? Neil, you want to start or, you, or do you not yet? You have to think about it. I, I got to think for a sec. Um, Smackdown versus Raw 06 uh, came out on both the PSP and the um, the PlayStation and had cross-compatibility. So you could actually... Uh, it was one of the few games that you could link your P- PSP up and actually sync the save file. Um, and I will tell you that there is nothing like... Uh, uh, pile driving people off the top of a 20 foot tall steel cage to their death. <laughs> um, that's, that's usually, you know, or they, there's been several of the SmackDown game or, or uh, sorry, SmackDown versus raw games uh, that have come out that I I've liked. I've fallen out of love with the franchise of late of like the last four years. Um, but I, I have always looked to those that um, grand theft auto, I will take my save file and I will stand. I will do car surfing, where I will jump on a moving car, shoot it once in the back, and then just pull out my rocket launcher and blow everything up as it speeds down the, the highway. Um, Borderlands has been uh, along that lines for me as well, uh, just because you know, shooting things with acid until they writhe and and slowly disintegrate. That's always a happy, happy thing for me. That, those are probably my, my big ones off the top of my head. Um, if I'm wanting something to where I'm really needing to concentrate and distract myself, as opposed to just what I would call the lazy glaze over, you know, stress release, I, I would say um, Dark Souls and Demon Souls. That's true, actually. I do have, um, on the opposite side, when you're actually looking to do that kind of zone out um, type of thing, where you're wanting to actually get your mind a little more involved. I like Luminous on the Vita. Oh, God. Um, for that. So good. Such a great freaking game. And it's just such a great, you know, especially once you get into it and it really just kind of, once you, especially when you're really in the mode of it, it really just kind of de-stresses you just with the music and everything going. It's just, that's a wonderful one. Yeah, I agree. Neil? Yeah, I still don't know. I, you know me. I, I really don't long-term games. I, I don't. It's uh, just not in my nature. Um, I never get rid of any of them. They're all sitting right there, I'm staring at them right now, trying to come up with an idea for an answer for this. Um, I guess back in the day, I haven't much recently, but I, I used to uh, button mash on the Tekken series, Tekken Tag especially. <laughs> Um, you why know, are you my friend? Because you like <laughs> to pick on me. This has been made very clear. Um, you know, I understand that as far as like fighting games go, the Tekken series is kind of poo-pooed, but it's fun and easy for dumb people like me who can't memorize 14,000 hit combos. Um, the, you know, you can basically, DOA was the game that was poo-pooed. Well, yeah, DOA is. Yeah, yeah I was just about to say, works, speak but... for yourself. I made my college living on Tekken and Virtua Fighter, so. <laughs> okay, well, well, the 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 more the people that I talk have talked with games about, you know, if it's not two D, it's not really fighting game fighting. You know, you gotta be able to do a two thousand hit combo on Marvel versus Capcom three to even you know walk in the room. Wait, you have other friends? I didn't say that. Okay. I, I said saying. people I was talking to. Oh, I just I talked. Conversations I, 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 read online between friends. 
Shut up. God. <laughs> but anyway, but yeah, I never actually play people. I just play the computer and I usually set it to some ridiculously easy setting and, and do that. But I haven't played Tekken in a long time. So I'm thinking the game that I did it the most the recently with was um, either Infamous, the first one, or Prototype. Um, which oh, is, of course, right. this, this, the spiritual one. successor to the, the Hulk game. Yes. Oh, man. I, I hate that game. <laughs> I absolutely... I love Infamous, and I hate Prototype. Prototype was a spiritual successor to Hulk Ultimate Destruction. How can you hate I it? loved Hulk Ultimate Destruction, but I did not love Prototype. Or... Prototype is essentially a Venom game. I mean, really, it, it is. It's essentially... You're Venom for all intents and purposes. It's, it's essentially closed the studio down is what it did. <laughs> well, Which I haven't played two. I have no idea. I heard that was pretty bad, but... Yeah. But... And and honestly, there's a lot of things wrong with the first prototype But you know game. what? I, yeah, I, you just I'm not... blow stuff up. That's yeah, it. You and I'm not taking away... You destroy things. You know, I'm not taking away from, from your guilty pleasure at all. Because <laughs> I, I have, you know, I have friends who who love the licensed Lord of the Rings game. And I sit there and I go, oh my God, I can't. But, you know, if it's the only game you own and it's what you <laughs> started playing on that console uh, life cycle with, then, you know, you, you have those gems. And I, there's nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong. So I, I, I might have poo-pooed on, on your prototype a little bit there, but I wasn't no, meaning that, no, to. No, that's okay. I oh, wasn't no, meaning as far to. As poo-pooed on. Well, you it did need a to. terrible game, but it is, just, <laughs> it is just such a guilty pleasure game for me. It is not even funny. It, and it's terrible, especially if you have, like, any kind of, like, OCD about games. Like, I tend to, like, like with God of War, I tend to, like, search every nook and cranny because I want to find all the Gorgon eyes and everything like that. Yeah. For a game like Prototype, with those, when they um, when they had those, uh, just the, the, the hives and everything pop up. And you can never get rid of them all. <laughs> you, can them all. <laughs> you can't. It's impossible. <laughs> I would spend just days just doing that, just trying to get rid of them all, and they can't happen. <laughs> <laughs> that goes into that uh, that hunter gatherer thing, I think. But exactly. and, and as far as chill games, um, honestly, if I if I'm really wanting to chill, I sit down with one of the Lego games. Oh God! Like Lego no. Star Wars or See, uh, Lego Batman. That's the, those are the last games I would ever think of because for me. I have to break every freaking block. Well, so do every... I, but that's why you just go in there and you just start swinging with whatever, especially if you're playing Lego Star Wars. I mean, that's usually my fallback, too. It's like cause you can just grab something with a lightsaber or a blaster, and you just sit there hitting the blast or lightsaber button the whole time, and you just break stuff. And if you fall apart, it doesn't matter. They put you back together, and you keep on breaking stuff. I, I do have to say one of the other things I like to do which is annoying to many people is I'll, I'll jump in a battlefield and I will just camp one spot on a roof and just snipe people in the head. Cause that's what I do. I'm a camper sniper. I thought that's what you're supposed to do in those games. See, that's why I don't play first person shooters. Cause I'm just, I think that's okay. I don't know. It the totally, yeah, for me, it's totally okay. Everybody, you know, is pissed off at me when I do it, but I, that's the way I've always played first person shooters. And if you're going to, you know, and I suppose that's okay because it seems to work. I level it's up pretty quickly. Clearly, quick. okay. We have a whole division of the military that's dedicated to just that technique. <laughs> it's fine. It's proven. It works. I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. This has been a public service announcement. <laughs> 
Well, I, the the last thing that I wanted to say that uh, kind of came out of this conversation, we got to wrap it up, but, uh, uh, you know, I want to know when they're just going to name the difficulty levels on all games, uh, you know, hard, normal, easy, and I have a job and a life. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody did something like that once. Oh, who was it? I'll, I'll never be able to remember right now. But somebody did somebody did something like that where they had a setting in there that it was it, they didn't call it casual because that's been like the new term for it right is casual mode um, but they did another one for it to try and make you not feel bad for picking that mode oh I'm never I gotta I gotta try and research that you can always post it on the uh, the story post yeah on, if, on... if I find it I'll I'll post it up. Well, as always, visiting GamersLedge.com is what keeps us covering the news and bringing you our insight on the gaming industry. Uh, please do interact with us. We we would love to hear your feedback. Follow us on iTunes. Comment and leave feedback. Email us at GamersLedge at gmail.com to ask questions and be part of the show. Give us feedback or make suggestions for what you'd like to see video reviews of next. Uh, my handle is Balt on the PSN, Balt99 on Twitter. Neosapien on PSN. And I, think mine's, I think mine's D-Berg. Yeah, mine's just D-Berg. D-Berg, yeah. Awesome. Until next week, game on. Game on. Game on.